Our readings this weekend give us a very clear encouragement, namely an exhortation to persevere in prayer. This perseverance is given to us at first in our first reading as Moses there is, uh, is there at the battle and is, you know, has got his hands raised up in prayer and, and oration to the Lord. And as long as his hands are raised up, then they have victory. And as soon as he gets tired and his arms start to fall, defeat, right? And so uh, those around him say, well, if that's the trick, then here, have a seat. We'll just hold your arms up. And then victory is guaranteed. And indeed it was kind of a strange circumstance of things. But it's uh, kind of a, the Lord would use such physical signs to be able to speak to his people, especially in those first days of the gift of faith being revealed to his people. And so it's this, this visible sign, this encouragement to, uh, to keep one's hands raised in prayer, so to speak, to be persistent and persevering in following after our Lord and not getting tired, not getting weary, as we see in the gospel. The gospel passage, of course, carries on this same message, the same invitation for us. And the parable it is given to us, as St. Luke tells us very clearly, is about the necessity to pray always without becoming weary. This temptation that we have when we, become, when we come to our Lord to pray is sometimes things don't happen so quickly. And this is what we see in the gospel in this parable given to, our, to us by our Lord. As this woman comes in and she's looking for a just judgment from, from the judge, and the unjust judge doesn't have a care in the world. He doesn't care about God. He doesn't care about others. He's just you know, living his best life, as one might say, uh, and, and kind of in doing, doing his own thing. Whatever, whatever serves him best, he's going to do. And this is his reality of what he abides in. And she continues to ask again and again and again. And again and again, he simply brushes her off or says, no, go on. But eventually he comes and he has the thought. He says, well, at some point she's going to have enough of me. and She's just going to come strike me. I'd rather not have that happen. So we'll go ahead and, and you know, I'll give myself a, save myself the trouble and go ahead and give her a just judgment on that account. Right? So again, it's not really out of any concern. But nonetheless, because of her perseverance, he relents and her, her request is given. And the Lord uses this as an as a entry point to say, and the Lord is much better than the unjust judge. He says, will not God then secure the rights of his chosen ones who call out to him day and night? Will he be slow to answer them? I tell you, he will see to it that justice is done for them speedily. So the Lord reminds us here that God does come, and he wants to, he wants to come to us. He's a good father. He is not anything like the unjust judge. He is not the one who, who would hold things against us or that we have to beg and plead or, you know, kind of if we, if we do the right things, he'll, he'll relent. Uh, we don't have to try to coerce or convince or any of these kinds of things as if God was not in himself goodness already. He is absolute goodness. It is for us to persevere in acknowledging that goodness by continuing to persevere in our prayer. And this is the challenging piece, is because, again, prayer doesn't always give us a quick response to things. We can go and we can pray and we can pray and we can pray, and sometimes it may seem that it is all for naught. It can be a great discouragement. It can make us lose faith. And again, that's why our Lord indicates these things at the very end. He says it is a challenge for us. He says, but when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? 
when we encounter our Lord in prayer and things are not as we might like them to be or as we might expect them to be, it is sometimes a challenge to our faith in a deep sense. We can begin to wonder about God's goodness. We can begin to wonder whether God hears us, whether God wants to answer our prayers. We can wonder all kinds of things, to question or to challenge, to doubt, even to fall into despair on account of it. But it's for us to remember also in those times that although our Lord wants to come to us speedily, there are times when he will, from our end of things, be delayed. And it's helpful for us to remember in those times why that might be the case. And in one of his letters, St. Peter, writing to the people of his own day, he's writing to them about the return of our Lord, all right? And so when, when our Lord ascended into heaven, he assumed that uh, all the apostles, the disciples, everyone gathered around, they assumed he would be coming back quickly, right? They were waiting for an imminent return. That's why they went out quick, fast, and in a hurry to spread the good news, to go to, to, do, to do everything very, very quickly. As soon as our Lord said, go, they were off to the races. This is why they, also the Gospels weren't written for a decade or so uh, until after our Lord uh, was, was raised up. Uh, if they thought he was going to be a good long time, they probably would have just written it down then and said, hey, you know, let's go ahead and let's, uh, write it down, make some copies, start sending it around a little bit here and there. But, but they were not about that. They thought his, his coming would be, would be immediate almost. And so to gain as many people as possible, they went out. And as things delayed, as the Lord didn't come back for six months, a year, two years, ten years, people began to wonder, did he get it wrong? Was he lying? Is he, is he delayed? Did, did something go wrong? Did, did the great cosmic plan kind of go, go off kilter and, and, and now we're, we're just kind of left with some kind of accidental forgottenness? And certainly not, St. Peter reminds us. He says that the delay of the Lord, as delay it seems to us, is the patience of God being manifest so as to save us. He says, God's delay, as we understand it, is simply so that more and more might be able to understand and to receive the Word of God and to allow it to convict them and convert their hearts to Him, that more might be saved. It is not a neglect of God. It is His love, His goodness, and His mercy shown through His patience with us that is manifest in His delay. And this is a helpful piece for us whenever prayers do not seem to come quickly in response and we are encouraged rather to persevere at length in turning to our Lord in prayer. And often this will be one of two things. Sometimes the first reason is that the Lord is intending to do something in our very hearts. It's the reality that virtue can't be proven unless it's first tested. You never know what you can get in a class until you get the quiz, right? And this is the fact with our virtue, is if we are never put to the test, we never know of what we are made. If we are never challenged, we cannot show our strength. And this test is the given to us by our Lord. And so there are times when he allows us to wait so as to increase within us faithfulness, to increase within us perseverance, to increase within us divine trust. Very often it is our hearts that are not ready for him to come, even though we might be ready in thought. We're not ready indeed in an act. And so the Lord will be waiting for us, allowing that, that delay to continue to increase within us that we might show ourselves, that we might prove the virtue within ourselves, which sometimes is needed for us for something down the road. 
A second reason that our blessed Lord may delay in responding to us, responding to our prayers, to our pleas, is the fact that he is storing up the grace. We never know what our Lord uses our prayers for exactly. Sometimes our prayers are answered in the manner that we expect them to be, the manner that we offer them for. We're praying for a particular person or particular intention or situation, then it comes to a peaceful resolution as we had prayed. And there we can get a sense that something had happened there, and maybe the Lord gives us a bit of insight that indeed our prayer was used for that end. But no prayer is ever wasted. Sometimes we simply don't know why it's being stored up as it is. We have the stories, uh, certainly, of the lives of the saints and numerous saints, but uh, of course, most commonly, that of, um, of St. Monica and St. Augustine. St. Monica would love to have had her son Augustine converted uh, at the first to offer a couple of prayer, to do a, a novena real quick, and, and, and he's set up and ready to go. But it wasn't the case. For years, she pled, and she wept. And those tears and those prayers welled up in the heart of God and continued to increase and increase and increase until Augustine himself was ready to receive the the outpouring of God's grace that made him not just a Christian, but it made him a saint. It made him one of the greatest doctors of the church. It made him a mind that that continues to, to give voice to hearts in every place and at every time. Much grace was needed to effect that change. And much grace was stored up on account of prayers offered over many years. And these are the things that we can't always understand or wrap our minds around, but it's to continue to place our trust in the Lord, to place our hope in Him. But there are challenges to us here. We are in the valley of tears still. This place is not heaven. I don't think that's a surprise to any of you. But the reality is that there is heaven that awaits us. It's for us to persevere so as to enter into that great reward that is there waiting. It's for us to be able to persevere, to pray daily, consistently, to pray genuinely from our hearts to our blessed Lord, and to know that in doing so, His will will be done. We may not be able to understand things that happen or don't happen, or the manner or the timing or any many other things, but we'll be close to Him. And that is all that is needed for us. And so as we offer these holy mysteries, we rejoice to come and to receive the Holy Eucharist and to be in the presence of Christ once more, who is our nourishment, who is the one by whom we can have faith, by whom we are able to persevere in our prayer. And we pray that he would give us this grace by this Mass.